0: the Messiantics Podcast, a podcast about all things Messianic Judaism. Each episode, we will be sharing our opinions as we tackle some of the biggest issues in Messianic Judaism. Now here's your hosts, Rabbis Eric, David, Jonathan, and
1: Toby. Good morning, everyone. Hope, glad you're able to join us today. Today, we're going to begin our conversation by talking about something that is definitely an antics thing uh, for us, but not only for Messiantics and, and for Messianics, but For the greater body of Judaism as a whole, um, dealing with uh, security and safety for our synagogues and for uh, people meeting together for worship, and even just for uh, fun days, you know, like we have, for example, Sukkot's coming up. We're going to be having uh, picnics and um, you know, camping, camping and partying, and just having celebrating the high holy days. uh, And how to handle the um, how to handle security and safety. Uh, around a time where anti-Semitism is still prevalent mm-hmm. and growing, um, particularly in North America, um, but I mean, really all over the world, um, and maybe some of the causes of that, and just how you know we implement those things ourselves, and how um, maybe you know, what, some examples we can look to, of, you know, what to do, what not to do, uh, that yeah. sort of thing.
2: Messianic yeah. Judaism, by nature, is misunderstood by many. Uh, Those within normative Judaism or non-Messianic in in belief in Yeshua Judaism uh, don't always understand who we are. And in some cases, there's a violent reaction to us. Uh, uh, And even in in, uh, Israel, you see there have been bombings and attacks and burnings of Messianic synagogues and things that happen. Uh, We also are misunderstood by the greater body of Messiah because they don't always understand why. We would not just become Christians and live our life in that way. Uh, So we deal with those two sides on a faith-based thing. But because we are synagogues, we also deal with the normative uh, anti-Semitism that comes along with that. So we have to be conscious of safety for our people. Uh, So where it may not be as big a deal to some for a messianic synagogue being aware, situational awareness, having people in place to watch what's going on, uh, seeing those things, we we, uh, actually pay for law enforcement people to be at our facility. We have other uh, safety devices in place and different things to be secure. And uh, one of the reasons we're talking about this at this time is because in Pensacola recently we had some anti-Semitic attacks. We had some bricks thrown through some synagogue buildings as well as uh, anti-Semitic graffiti drawn and different things. So that kind of heightened the awareness. But also around the United States right now there have been a rash of what's known as swatting which is where somebody will call in that there's an active shooter or a bomb threat or something, and uh, then they will, especially to congregations that have live streaming, which is pretty much what's been happening with this group. So imagine that you're live streaming your service, and all of a sudden uh, the police come running in your doors with their weapons out, with dogs, with whatever searching for and letting you know there's a bomb threat so your people run out of the building and all that and all of it is being displayed on live stream Mm -hmm. and the people who are watching this live stream are recording your response to this swatting and then they're putting that on their social media to share how they uh, you know in my day as a kid we used to call and deliver pizza to people's houses To be a practical joke or to make phone call practical jokes. These people consider this a practical joke that they're doing, where they're, and I have several messianic rabbi friends whose congregations have recently experienced this, where somebody texts the police department and said, There's a bomb in this synagogue, and uh, the police arrived, they rushed the people out of the service, they took time to uh, search the building. And make sure there weren't any bombs and all that, and it disrupted the service and all that. But all these people are doing this so that they can watch the reaction of the congregation on the live stream, so that they can then post that as one of these uh, internet, uh, you know, try to viral things to try to get hits and stuff on their account. So uh, while those things are done as a prank or Whatever It is dangerous because if somebody comes in and tells you that there's a bomb in your building, you're running out of the building. Someone can get hurt by that. It's also crying wolf because eventually uh, if you you call the cops and say there's a bomb here, there's a bomb there, there's a bomb there. When there is a real bomb at some point, the cops may think, oh, this is another one of those
1: pranks and the response time wouldn't be as significant. Or it takes someone off of – what well, could be a, a, an actual real task, and right. you know, gets them over to something that's not real. I mean, real. It's a form of terrorism, realistically. It's it's you know, it's something that I don't know if it's a jailable offense, but it should be.
0: Um, well, technically, well, a, a swatting event very much is a, it's a felony right. event because okay. if, yeah, you, I wasn't sure. if you call nine one one or whoever and make a report and. Cause first responders to have to go knowing it's a false report,
2: that is a felony. I forget what right. they call it. Uh, yeah.
0: What's the term for it? Do it's a false
2: report. Is that what they call it? Okay. Yeah. But the, the problem is in these two cases that I'm talking about that I know of personally the people used one of those VPN things that bounces bounces it all over so they can't trace where it came from, if they could actually find the person. Uh, But this is something that's being predominantly done in synagogues, Mm -hmm. uh, both messianic and non-messianic. But it makes us aware of these things. And so there are certain things that we do at our synagogue to, um, to not add to threat stuff for instance our video camera only shows the platform so it doesn't show where people are sitting because if your video camera shows where people are sitting and they see them every time in those places if somebody is coming in to do harm they know where people are right. in the building right. we don't scan the rooms, so they don't know where things are outside of our right. bima we don't show our children on the video because then they nobody can see the children and they uh, bother them in some way because they know who they are or their name because if you call a child up and you say hi this is bobby and bobby memorized this or bobby goes to this school or bobby did this then someone could come up to them outside the building and say hey bobby i'm so and so from here so there are things we have to be conscious it's unfortunate But in our world, we have to be conscious of these things. So there are some security parameters that we put in place at our synagogue uh, to make sure that our children are safe, our women are safe. Our children don't go out of our main building to one of our annex buildings uh, without having somebody from our safety team. Now, in Florida, we call them safety teams. Uh, other places they call them security teams, but in Florida, you actually have a have to have a security license to call somebody a security uh, person so it 's our uh, but they watch the kids going we watch our kids if they 're going to the restroom, so we make sure because you don 't always know who visitors are or for that matter, who regulars are. Beyond. You know, we don't know the minds of everybody that comes to our synagogue. Our nursery is in an area that's locked so that people can't just enter into the nursery. Now, the nursery door is not locked, but the entrance area by the nursery is kept locked with somebody there so that people can't come in. And again, it's a shame that we have to do these things, but as uh, practitioners or, or followers of Messianic Judaism, we not only have to deal with uh, things because we're believers and we're Bible believers, which is often attacked by uh, people in society today. Uh, but also because we're follow Judaism, which adds another level to that in uh, in the possible attacks or uh, anger against us just because of our faith.
1: Right.
0: And the reality is, is that far too many people have the mindset that it could never happen to us. I think in the body of Messiah, we've gotten comfortable with this notion that God will protect us from everything, right? Which is true, but also not always in
2: this timeline,
0: I guess, is a way to work. (laughs)
2: Well, I mean, when you think about it, when you say God will protect me from everything, but then you look at like Rob Shaul, the Apostle Paul… Who went through all kinds of things, and and most of the apostles were yeah. martyred. And, was and it Bartholomew so, who was tortured to death by them, peeling his skin off yeah. while he was alive? Right. So so <clears throat> while we definitely believe that God can and does protect us, yeah. uh, there are also and, things in life that happen. Yeah. And uh,
0: so like we've had we've had two specific incidences at CMC over the years. One we didn't know about till after the fact. Uh, and then one that kind of happened while we were in the middle of something. And uh, so the first uh, that I'll talk about is, you know, Jonathan, you brought up Sukkot. Um, and our congregations do something relatively similar for Sukkot. And that is that the weekend of Sukkot, we open our property up for people in our congregation, only people in our congregation, to tent camp on the property together just to build relationship and fellowship for the weekend and what have you. Right. Um, and uh, so last year is the first time I've ever had this happen last year uh we uh were sitting out you know everybody was hanging out uh on i don't remember what night maybe it was a saturday night or something i don't remember we're all hanging out and uh this jeep pulls up uh it's a four door jeep relatively new jeep pulls up uh to the office building behind our property parks gets out and i mean it's Probably close to one o'clock in the morning, something like that, when this is going on. Uh, These four teenage boys get out of the car. They look like they're maybe high school age, get out the Jeep, they come over to our fence, and they start asking you, I saw them coming, so I walked over as like a barrier to, to start, you know, conversation with them or whatever, figure out what's going on. They're like, hey, what is this? And we told them, you know, very loosely what we were, what we were doing, not in a lot of detail. Oh, well, can, can we come in? Can we come? No, this is just for people. So you're telling me that God doesn't want us to participate at it? I mean, getting all riled up and just clearly trying to be obnoxious. Right. And I said, look, I'm not telling you any of that, but this is something only for the people in our congregation. If you're not already in the gate, you don't get to be a part of this thing. Um, and, and whatever. And so they left. They go out to their car. Uh, On the way out to their Jeep, they're screaming every anti-Semitic thing you could imagine. Uh, They get in their Jeep. They pull out. They drive down the street. As they're driving past us, they're you know doing Nazi salutes and screaming Heil Hitler and all this kind of stuff as they're driving away. Uh, Now, we have, like Bradham, we have a... Uh, uh, very intentional security protocol. We have plans in place. We have uh, uh, people that are serving in that way for the congregation, uh, and so we had eyeballs out. We're watching and 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 you know being alert when this goes down. Um, and so somebody calls the sheriff's department because we're in the county. So somebody calls the sheriff's department. Uh, they send a deputy out. <laughs> the deputy was kind of funny because he goes, "Okay, well, can you tell me about the vehicle they were in?" And I literally, I'm a car guy, so I just laid everything out. And he was like. That's probably a little more detail than I needed but I appreciate it that's great <laughs> and they take off and they, they have two uh, cars out They're driving around the area they obviously they can't find them which we knew was going to be the case because there's too many neighborhoods around us and right uh, and whatever so they couldn't finally come back around so they ended up positioning one of the deputies in our parking lot mm-hmm. for the remainder of the night uh, as just an extra extra layer to keep you know you know idiots don't do uh, as much idiotic stuff when there's cops around um and so uh they they stayed away we didn't have any more issues but the other situation we had was early on probably three years into uh the congregation we had uh, a family in the synagogue that brought a guest with them uh that they were you know had struck up a relationship with in their community they become you know they thought they'd become pretty good friends whatever the guy said he was interested in masking any jews so they brought him to the, to the service and he comes in carrying a video camera and he goes hey uh, you're the rabbi. I said, yeah. He goes, would you mind if after the service, like I don't want to video the service or anything, but would you mind after the service? I just have some questions and uh, and, and you know I have some friends that have some questions. Would you mind if uh, if I did an interview with you and I recorded it so that, you know, and whatever. I was like, okay, well, what kind of questions? You kind of laid out a few of them. I was like, all right, that should be okay. I'm comfortable with that. It's not like, it wasn't anything weird. It wasn't, it was like, you know, what's the point to this? What's Messianic Judaism? What's, you know, very basic kind of stuff. Right. So he videos and then Later the next week, I get a call from the guy that brought him. He's like, hey, so I need to make you aware of something. I was like, okay, what's that? He said the guy that came on Saturday, I didn't know this when I brought him, but I found out after the fact is a like, legitimate neo-Nazi. And that video that he made, he specifically did to post on these neo-Nazi websites. And so this is out there now. We need to, to be alert, be aware of what's going on. Now, we've never had any more issues never did this guy come back nobody else has come uh but we like to think oh that could never happen to us mm-hmm. but the reality is is it always could like in our area it it's far more likely for our congregation to get attacked than potentially any others in the area because right. we're the only not only we're we the only messianic synagogue we're the only Jewish congregation in right. our county right right and so the reality is is if and we're in you know south alabama uh there are there used to be a white supremacy neo-nazi newspaper published out of our county and and all this kind of stuff so i already know that the attitude is there and if they're coming to look they don't care that the sign says we're a messianic synagogue. they don't care that we believe in yeshua we're we're a synagogue that's all they care about they just see the star of david and they're you know exactly and Mm -hmm. so we like to think it can never happen but it's it's It is more of a likelihood than it is not, and we need as congregations to be prepared alert and ready as leaders of congregations we don't need to make excuses why we shouldn't do it we don't need to have we need to have protocols we need to have plans if you've not had a security assessment done on your property where your your weakest points are where you know mm-hmm. your your most likely threats are where things can you need to have that done you need to take that information and develop a systems uh, I highly recommend, and this is just my personal thing, I mean, you'll definitely want to maybe have some psyche vows and such done, but I highly recommend if you have veterans in your congregation, have them be a part of, of developing your protocols and assessments because the average Joe Schmo who happens to, you know, be a concealed carry isn't situationally trained.
2: Right? Right. Whereas, and there's some realities in this. Yeah. For instance, the average police response is 10 to 20 minutes. So there's a lot of things that can happen between that you know, seven to ten minutes when they can arrive right. uh, and what, when things begin. And, and so we have to be aware of those things. And very simple things like telling your people, if something, God forbid, happens, get down behind the pews or the chairs. Make your way to the nearest exit, and that doesn't necessarily mean the way you came in. Yeah, right. You know, a lot of people end up getting hurt because they run towards the bad guy because he happens to be in the door that they came into the yeah. building. So, being aware of where your surroundings is, being mm-hmm. aware that you need to get yeah. down, uh, it's like like those kind of things. things. Getting on an
1: airplane, yeah. you know, you you all come in that front left door, but you the closest exit may be the <laughs> behind you, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah.
3: So. Uh, and that leads to, for me, um, the next point that, or, or another point we can make, and that's um, you should have a security team that is completely dedicated to security and takes it seriously. deadly seriously. I don't care if you know people want to say they take it too. You can't take something like that too seriously. Right. For instance, so our guy that we have, I'm not going to mention his name. But I get texts. We get me and David. We're part of the security team group, and we get texts every Friday night about general statuses of things. Um, my and, and what really makes me respect this guy to the utmost is he spends ninety nine point nine percent of his time during service outside, constantly watching, constantly looking, constantly checking in with me and David. Keep in mind,
0: we live on the Gulf Coast. It is hot 90% of the
3: year. He is not kidding. And why is that such a big deal? Well, because I have seen guys on quote-unquote safety teams uh, as a worship leader. I remember seeing a, 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 a member and members of safety teams completely enthralled and lost in worship with their arms raised and their eyes closed or in the back joking around with each other. All right and these guys can't guys like this who can't even tell uh, if uh, who can't even tell someone who's got a tambourine not to have the tambourine or if, the, if you're not allowed to bring food and drink in your sanctuary which some some have that rule
1: right we do
3: you can't okay so if one of your security guys or safety people or shamashim, whatever if they can't tell a person who brought coffee in to take it back out then what are they going to do when an actual Person who comes in wanting to kill people or hurt somebody comes in. They can't tell them to put a cup of coffee down. You're you're going to deal with them if they have a deadly weapon. Right. And my thing is, is that, and, and, and if you're going to come in, because that's that's the kind of people you need to to understand that I don't care how much you like the preaching, I don't care how much you like the teaching, I don't care how much you like the tour service, and I don't care how much you like the worship music. You are not there to worship like everybody else your worship is to be vigilant and be a watchman on the wall and i'm telling you that it was so refreshing when i was getting pulled into these conversations by our guy and getting texts from him i'm almost like geez man i'm like no what it is, is i'm not used to somebody whose worship on shabbat is that right i'm too used to seeing a couple of mickey mouse club dudes joke around and cackle in the back right. or have their arms raised during worship songs i'm like if somebody walks in we're done we're done So I think it's so important to make sure your team and, you know, Eric, you might, you know, you guys at Gredon probably understand. You have to have some guys that are like, we are all in. This is no joke. Right. Right.
2: It's because it is life or death. It, It really is. Now, we hope that nothing ever happens. Yeah. But we tell, we actually take time periodically in our service to remind people. If something happens, this is what you do. If this happens, this is what you do. Pay attention to our safety team. We have a law enforcement officer that's here. He's going to do his job. Uh, we actually had a special service. It was on a, a weekday night where we had Brigitte Gabriel, who's a Lebanese Christian, mm-hmm. who does uh, political commentary and keeps people updated on Islamic uh, terrorism and things like that. And she came, and when she came, she we first we had...
0: Uh, layers.
2: Yeah, we had police department people right. that we paid from the police department. But then she had her safety team, security team that traveled with her. And then we had our safety team who was supplementing also. And then we told everybody in the place, look, this is really important. I know that many of you uh, are Second Amendment advocates and you carry concealed weapons god forbid something happens do not pull your weapon and start using it unless all of our safety team all of her safety team and all of the law enforcement personnel are lying on the ground bleeding because you will do more damage Mm -hmm. because a cop coming in the room if, if if you have your sanctuary and somebody comes in with a weapon and the cops come in they don't know yeah who is the bad guy and who is the congregant who pulled his weapon. And they're just going to shoot at people with weapons drawn. Right. So there, there's reasons to prepare for these things. And and I know this sounds like a really dark subject, mm-hmm. but but I'm telling you that the, the, the scripture tells us we're supposed to be shepherd of our sheep. And part of a shepherd's job was to protect the sheep from the wolves. Mm-hmm. And we need to be cognizant and aware of our surroundings and have good people no matter how large or small your congregation is there have to be people that are looking out for your congregants and we tell our safety team people you're not here to watch the service yep. we have videotape you can watch the service after service right. watch it at home watch it with you. you're here to watch the people Mm -hmm. and make sure that they're safe and that's why we have them on a rotating basis so that they don't miss every service so that they can but they're uh and there's training they should go through our our safety team uh is prepared for not only um a violent thing but they also know how to do basic first aid and uh Cardiac uh, CPR and care and things like that, so that they're aware. Periodically, we have somebody who will be diabetic and will have an issue where they need to get some sugar or something to help them, and and that's part of this team's responsibility is for the safety and well-being of our community. And that's not always against external dangers. Sometimes it's a physical thing. Sometimes you know somebody has a, a. Somebody gets cut because they tripped or they did something or, you know. They choke on the breath. Choke on their, or my wife was eating a piece of chicken not long ago and was choking, and I did the Heimlich and, and was able yeah. to, to help her. But <clears throat> those kind of things, it is important because we are to care for our people, our family, our community, our mishpochah. And that includes all of the scope of these things. And as people divide more in light and darkness and righteousness and unrighteousness, as we see more uprisings and protests and all against people of faith, mm-hmm. it's going to be even more important that we have these things in place.
3: And right. I, I just want to say… To Rabbi er- Eric's point, because you said the whole scope of these things, and I don't want to detract from. And again, I know it is kind of a dark and intense subject. You know, I'm not trying to be a, a downer. But what I'm saying is, I understand absolutely as Rabbi David told his stories, and, and um, this is that was before I was. Well, I was at last year's when yeah. that happened. Is it? But um, the first one I was it was before my time. But there definitely needs to be, of course you have to look at the worst case scenario uh, but the whole scope also goes into what's the most com- what, what what's more commonly going to happen i mean heaven forbid the worst case scenario can happen and we see that it happens across the country with people coming in you know mass shootings and things like that but they also need to be able to handle somebody like that comes in and they bust out in tongues are out of order and they you're yelling a bunch of but what they see as prophecy or yelling in the middle of the service and they refuse to leave. And how do you restrain somebody properly? These are things you need to know.
2: Right. We've had people that came in. That's more common. That, that had their they, – they wanted to prophesy their agenda message or their agenda and had to be uh, encouraged to – prophesy elsewhere um, sure. we, we also the truth is that while we tend to talk about terrorism or mass shootings uh, as an external thing it's more likely that there will be some kind of a domestic dispute issue mm-hmm. in your community than there is that there'll be an External yeah. terrorist or or mass shooter come into your congregation. Rogue spouses, yeah, spouses yeah, and, know about and, that, and yeah. stuff, and yeah. so we have to be aware of those things. And and again, it, this is not a fun topic to talk about. No, but and and the reason we're talking about it is because it's relevant because of recent events that have happened that were uh, connected to Messianic congregations. But uh, we've had situations that have happened at our congregation for for years, and there are times where something takes place at our congregation that gets handled so quickly that most of the people in the congregation didn't even know it took place. Right. That's what you because want because your team does what they're supposed to do. They're right. on top of it and take care of it, and, yeah. uh, and so handle. Yeah, and it gets handled, and it's handled justly, righteously. Sometimes that involves calling the police, having somebody trespassed so they can't come back on the property, uh, all those kind of things to protect the people. But if you prepare for things, if they arise, it's second nature. It's it's uh, you know the the way you handle it. Now we. We
0: initially approach this conversation. I'm going to steer this in a little bit of a different direction, just because it's something uh, pertinent that uh, has happened in our area recently. Um, we we initially broached this conversation from the slant of anti semitism on its rise, which is very much a problem. Yeah. Very much. Uh, I'd like a, to add something a, to a that real thing. Can. Yeah, um, but I, I also want to point out the fact that safety, security, et cetera, of our communities isn't only. Uh, against outside threats, right. um, unfortunately, there has also been a rapidly growing number of uh, of, of sexual victims in congregational life. Uh, you know the the or exposure of them. Yeah, there's been uh, a lot a lot of pastors and uh, uh, different people you know children's ministry court you know, leaders what have you that have been busted in uh child porn scandals and uh um, video cameras yeah in- child exploit exploitations and uh and what have you and so we we look we're, we're talking about external but there's also internal threats that we need right. to be alert to and cautious to because it's not just protecting our flock from the external right. but from the internal as well and, and- Though we don't like to talk about those things, those are vital too. Like I know you guys yeah. have a similar uh, protocol to us. Like nobody is in, in, in. Like our Shabbat school, there's always two people in the classes because there, there's always going to be a witness. Right. There's always going to
2: be yeah, uh, protection. We have, like you. We have two people. We also don't shut the, uh, lock the doors. Yeah. Parents yeah. can go in and check on yeah. their kids at any time. It's very open. We We don't don't let
0: people in our nursery change diapers. They go get the parents. Right. All our
2: children get changed by their own parents, so it protects the child from and for any accusations because a false accusation can ruin you as much as a true accusation can. Uh, So those things are taken very seriously. Uh, We're mandatory reporters. If something happens, we're not playing games with it. Uh, if there's an accusation, we're going to the police and reporting, and let them investigate and take care of things. Those kind of things should never be handled in-house in a yep. hush-hush way. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. try to protect people. Yep. It needs to be very open, very clear, uh, uh, and preserving both. The knowledge that in our nation we're innocent until proven guilty, but at the same time protecting the people involved and getting ourselves out of the place of judge and letting the system uh, work the way it's supposed to, to protect both the congregation, the person who may have been uh, attacked Mm -hmm. or assaulted, and the rights of the person who's accused.
1: Right. Yeah, cuz most of the problems that have come out of the internal stuff are the people who just well, we're going to handle this as a yeah, church. we're going to talk, we're going to we're going to have a meeting with oh, them. Yeah. We don't want yeah. to embarrass God. Yeah. We, we don't want to we don't we don't want to cause a stir or whatever. It's like, yeah. no, you are you are and there's words I have for that.
0: But yeah. and the reality is we are in the business of redemption and restoration, and I wholeheartedly believe in redemption and restoration. But even though we are saved from our past sins, even though our sins are washed clean, even though in redemption God opens up the, the list of charges and it's blank, there are still consequences to our earthly decisions here and now. And if you find yourself on certain lists, you don't get to be in a place where there are children anymore. Right? All, and all I, of and our and I children's workers
2: get background checked. Yet. Uh, before they're allowed to be with the children, if, uh, you know, there's yep. there's things that we need to do to protect our community, right. and uh, and that means that there are times when yep. people will come to our congregation that are not eligible to do certain things yep. because of past or or eligible, and, and this is thing
0: nobody talks about, or eligible to worship in the community in connected community worship. Like a, a rabbi friend of mine, a Messianic rabbi friend of mine, or of ours, rather, uh, I was talking with him recently, um, and he was saying they have somebody who's part of their congregation who had gotten caught with some pictures and such that he shouldn't have been what have you and ended up doing time for it and... Came out and is appears to be by all intents and purposes a legitimately changed individual, mm-hmm. um, and so he is allowed to be a part of anything where there are no children present. So he can't be at Shabbat services, he can't be at holidays, he can't be at any, but he can come to like Bible studies where there are no children there. He can be a part of small groups where it's only adults. Absolutely. Other than that, he's got to watch at home. And that's not a shame on that individual, but that's a reality
2: of the consequences of their choices. And and that goes beyond those people to – there are times where uh, there's a domestic issue where one or the other, the parents, are not allowed to either be in the same place Mm -hmm. as the other parent Mm -hmm. or be in a place where a child is. Right. And we have to be aware of those situations. Right. Yep. And nowadays, I don't—I'm sure it's happened at your congregation. I, I know it's happened at ours. P, it only takes clicking Google with somebody's name to find out mm-hmm. their history,
1: yep, their sure. background. Right,
2: and we need to be—and as a
0: parent. I want that information readily
1: available. (laughs) I want to be able to punch my
0: address in and see how many names are in the vicinity that I need to watch out for. Right. And so
2: we need to be shepherds who really care about our flock. So uh, as you said, there's external things we have to be aware of. There's internal things we have to be, be aware of. There are times where we have to make decisions based upon what the law tells
3: us. Right, not handle things in house and, and, and so not
2: handle it in house. If if there's an accusation, we need to call the police immediately. Right. It is not. Yep. Look, uh, uh, it is not going to be an embarrassment to the kingdom of God to ar- have somebody arrested who's not living for God. Right. If they do something that violates or right. they abuse or they molest or they mm-hmm. assault somebody, they're not living in the kingdom. Right. And they need to be treated as a wolf right. in sheep's clothing, in sheep's clothing yep. and are. deal with it in that way and let it go through the legal system. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, if on the other end of that They are found innocent and because there are times, and I've had this experience uh, in our congregation where the mother, in order to try to get custody of the kids, falsely accused the husband of doing something. When all was said and done, it had not happened, and so we had to deal with that situation on the other end. However, there are times where we have to be aware that there is abuse. And mm-hmm. if somebody makes a claim of abuse, uh, you act first and then deal with finding right. out beyond that. You protect the people. And then deal with, and, and you right. call the police, you call whoever you have to, yeah. you report the situation and you go on. Right. Uh, that's the proper way to do it. And unfortunately, especially in the body of Messiah, and we've seen this over and over, over the past uh, few years, whether it's within the Catholic Church or it's within the, uh, the, the Baptist church where they had a big uproar about it where they hid abuse and stuff like that and and harassment and things and and i'm not just picking on those two because it's an across the board right it's happened in the messianic Messianic community uh i know that it was many years ago that there was a, a met congregational leader who was trapped in one of these uh stings where they set up you know, they have a cop who pretends to be mm-hmm. a kid and right. over the Internet, and then they tell them to come meet them. And uh-huh. he yeah. met and he got arrested and went to prison over it. So this is not uh, – so I'm not bashing one particular denomination sure. or faith group. Right. But But we need to be cognizant that sin is in the world, that people are involved in these things. We have to be aware, awake. Observant of these things and protect right. our children, our women, uh, and our men in the cases where uh, there's abuse or, or
1: violence against them. Right, and we'd yeah. be careful not to punish, you know, even mm-hmm. inadvertently the, you know, at least in the investigative stage, that those who are the possible victims of, you know, for example, if you have a really popular uh, shamashim or deacon or elder and he or she does something. Or is accused of doing something, you know, by their spouse. You know, you don't then turn on the other spouse and and like t- turn away from them, turn your back towards them because that spouse you really liked is now in jail or under investigation. Because you know, I I've, I've seen way too many popular pastors and big name Christian leaders with book deals and lots of Bible commentaries and things do that. Like they 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 didn't do. They didn't hide anything, but they punished the other person right. for, you know, uh, daring to be vocal about the fact that they were being beaten at home. Mm. The fact that they were being abused uh, verbally, emotionally, spiritually. The fact that they were, you know, being neglected. Um, and, you know, that that, ha- that happens more often than uh, we'd like to admit to. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to tag on to earlier conversation with... Um, just as an observation, you know, normally we think of anti-Semitism, we think of, you know, uh, middle-aged or older uh, men with pointy white hoods and, you know, dark corners of the internet on, you know, 8chan, 4chan, Reddit threads, you know, spewing anti-Semitic nonsense. Um, well, recently, just in the last couple of years, more of the... Mugshots that I see of people who are arrested in um, anti Semitic uh, crime, whether it's hate crime or whether it's actual acts of violence, Um, you know, because hate crime could be violence or it could just be, you know, spray painting, you know, someone's uh, building or property or something. Um, They tend, they more often than not tend to be younger people. It's looking more and more like it's younger college students, high school students. Like all of the uh, people arrested in the case here in Pensacola that happened about a month ago, Um, all four were teenagers, not even even seniors in high school, I don't think. And there's a TikTok star, a young lady who
2: sings anti-Semitic songs Mm -hmm. and poems where she says – she doesn't say Jews – uh, she just says those people I can't name oh. at, at the point, but but all of her stuff is traditional anti Jewish diatribe and tropes, right. mm-hmm. and she's got
1: millions of followers, right? That uh, that follow it, her and it go and you know TikTok short, so it gets ate up real quickly by those who're watching. Um, but you know, for me, it's a little disparaging because you know I grew up in Germany, where anti Semitic and Holocaust education are, um, you know. Uh, mandatory. So, you, about time you turn eight or nine, you learn what the Holocaust was. You know, you learn about Germany's persecution of the Jews. You learn about the Nazis' uh, persecution of the Jewish people. Um, And how to, you know, stand against that effectively and combat that uh, today. You know, so, one of the other practical ways that I could suggest and standing against, you know, anti-Semitism, you know, because honestly, like safety and security teams, if you have to use those, you've already failed in standing against anti-Semitism because that's like last resort. You know, that's the, the last concrete barrier before the, you know, the security shack. The, one of the better ways I think to, to, Fight it, because I have no idea what Holocaust education is like here in America. I don't know, you know, and, and all of us would be bad to ask because, Un-
0: unfortunately, by the uh, number of uh, Holocaust deniers that are growing, I'm going right. to I'm going to assume today not as good as it used well,
1: to. Well, and that's a lot of that stems out of the um, conspiracy theory yeah. ring, which has roots in anti-Semitism from the get-go. But you know, the biggest thing would be to you know when we come around to january holocaust memorial month you know put something on have a you know a a a night or two that you can dedicate to teaching about the holocaust and anti-semitism that's open to the public that's not it's not just for your congregation i mean you should you should teach and talk to your congregation your young people but there should be no excuse for why young people young young and old can uh, don't have the opportunity to learn about and understand the horrific, awful, um, evil things that took place during the Holocaust against Jewish people simply because they were Jewish. Oh. And to the extent that that was carried out with the pristine, refined intentionality that that was carried out with. Um, and it really is a horrific thing um So, so I would I would suggest this coming January have something um, committed to showing people what all that is about. Um, Particularly, particularly the Holocaust, but anti-Semitism in general. Um, Be careful of the websites you visit. Be careful of the social media posts you share. You know, um, I I, you know I hear people talk about you know you know in the last five six years you know we've seen a pretty Drastic spike in white supremacist anti Semitic uh, rhetoric um, and uh, activity taking place um, a lot online, uh, particularly in social media circles, but absolutely in real life uh, as well. I mean, you know, we're a perfect example Pensacola. You know, these young teens got arrested for throwing bricks with anti Semitic messages you know, written on them through the windows of um, a couple of synagogues downtown and a couple other pro- Jewish properties. So, you know, we can combat that. But you all, you know, to tell people, like, when you, when you hear things, like I, I hear things all the time, like the, the word, I hate when people talk about, you know, the word cabal. You know, they'll talk about, like, the, the cabal that's running all the evil things happening in the world. That's, that stems out of an anti-Semitic lie. That's been proven time and time and time and time and time again to be a lie throughout history. That you know, no, there is no ring of Jewish people running the world and, and causing evil. And you know, most it's why you know most people are like, oh, Jonathan's anti-conspiracy theory. It's like, no, I'm anti anti-Semitism. And most conspiracy theories share roots in some form of anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish um, uh, trope. And I, and I and I have zero uh, care for that or the people who share that. Um, not that I don't care for their souls, but I don't I don't care for the stuff they say. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so you know, teach on that stuff. When you hear you hear someone that st- you hear someone says that says something, uh, whether it's a um, a saying that's popular in anti-Semitic circles, and, and there are things like you don't people don't realize there are things you you can you can say. Uh, Slang phrases, you know, that are anti Semitic. And so, you know, gather lists of those things, teach on those things so people are aware. Because a lot of times people just aren't aware. And I think that's been made abundantly clear in recent years with the rise of anti Semitism among young people.
2: And if you hear somebody say an anti Semitic statement, an anti Semitic joke, or share something on social media or whatever, say something. Let them know that you don't appreciate that, that you're against anti-Semitism and and those things. So it's just important for us to be aware of these things.
1: So that's going to be it for today on kind of a long and heavy topic. um, But it's a topic that needs to be covered. Uh, It's definitely something that uh, you all as – individuals as families as congregations need to address and talk about uh, and be aware of and again i encourage you you know address the address the need for safety and security in your community but also address the need for education in your community and make that open to the public make that you know let let local schools know when you're hosting you know a um a Holocaust educational event, especially private schools, you know, as private Christian schools, more often than not, I, I've seen them. Uh, uh, even uh, not even, you don't even, they don't even have to go to the synagogue. They'll actually, you know, invite the speaker to come to the school to teach on the Holocaust, so that way their students and their parents of the students can have an opportunity to learn as well. So, I encourage you, have a plan, pray that you never need to use the plan, and have education. That will hopefully lead people to uh, not be anti-Semitic uh, and won't be uh, badly behaved young people. So anyway, we will see you all again next week.
0: Thank you for listening to the Messiantics Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can be notified every time we drop a new episode. And be sure to follow and interact with us on social media
1: at Messiantics Podcast.